Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget? Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. It's Monday the 13th of March. Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk. Gary Lineker could be back on the TV this weekend as the BBC is set to back down over his controversial tweets about the government's migrant policy. Rishi Sunak has promised an extra £5 billion to the UK's military spending to fortify our national defences and counter threats from Russia and China. Thousands of junior doctors start a three-day strike today, which will see thousands of operations and appointments cancelled. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Very much appreciate you joining me. And extraordinarily, we're waking up to the seventh day, 
the seventh day of front page headlines about Gary sodding Lineker. Yeah, and we're going to talk about him too because, well, funnily enough, the story's not really about Gary Lineker, is it? It's not really about the government's migrant policy. It's not really about tweets. It's actually about the BBC. It's actually about a tax fare funded uh, institution because, yes, a licence fee is a tax because you go to prison if you don't pay the fine. If you don't pay for it, that makes it a tax, not a civil dispute. And um, and uh, you know, we're forced to pay for the BBC, whether we watch it or not, whether we agree with the views of people or not. Um, and that's part of the deal. If you work for the BBC, you get £1.35 million as a wage and all of the other stuff that comes with it then you just have to keep a bit stum. It's not a freedom of speech debate. It's a national institution debate. Well, we're going to be having that debate once again today. Uh, all that uh, we're going to chat about with my top guest joining me all this morning. That's Emma Revel uh, from the Centre for Policy Studies. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Um, Gary, Lin Gary Lineker, where do we start? I mean, <laughs> OK, just just from what what we know today so far is that Tim Davey, the director general of the BBC, is flying back in from Washington where he's been um, and there's going to be crisis talks with Gary Lineker. Sources close to Gary Lineker in his camp apparently are saying that they believe there will be a resolution. He'll be back on air this weekend after, of course, m awful lot of the BBC's football coverage over the weekend uh, was basically completely ruined by the fact that uh, not only did, was he not on air, but pretty much everybody else walked out in Stunning and brave solidarity. <laughs> uh, what do you make of the whole affair? I'm stunned that we're still talking about it. it I'm seems... sort of sorry about that. It's, a, you know? it's not your fault, Julia. It just never ends. It's I, it, it, there are so many different facets to it, as you say. You know, it, people are talking about it from a free speech angle. Yeah. People are talking about the government policy that was actually criticised. Is it about BBC impartiality? Is it just about a lot of people don't like Gary Lineker? Yeah, at the end of the day, of that, it is there? a factor. Um, he is a, a personality that does does split opinion. Um, but I think it's. Fairly. I mean, he's a smug-looking git, though, isn't well, he? Good lord. He splits opinion. Lots of people like him quite a lot, especially if you're a, a big fan of Match of the Day. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it does appear that he's broken impartiality rules. You can talk about whether they should apply to him or not, which I think is a different question. Mm. But as it stands, he's broken the rules. Yeah. The BBC need to sort it out, and the BBC are making a hash of it. I mean, they really are, aren't they? I mean, he's sort of basically sort of proving, ah, you know, I'm bigger than you. Mm -hmm. Let's face it, ITV have probably spent the entire weekend just sort of dangling checks for <laughs> two million, three million. I mean, he can name his price at this yeah. point. ITV would be thrilled to have him. Of course, what they, what they will discover, as they've done with virtually all the people they have poached, is that actually most of these people don't bring their audiences with them. Mm. And people watch, you know, people watch a match... Um, during a World Cup or a, or a European Championship because that's the match. And, we, you, and you watch, frankly, whoever is doing the commentating. Yep. I personally really enjoy watching Gary Lineker and, and I, think, I, think he's a really, I think he's a great presenter. Yeah. I think he's... It's, I'm, I'm not one of those people. I do. I think he's a smug git. He's got quite. A, I mean, I think England captain. You're earning all that money. And you. I mean, I think he's got quite a lot to be smug about. I'd probably be smug if I was Gary Lineker. Um, but I don't hate him in that way. I don't. I find him very enjoyable to watch. I think it's hilarious that um, match of the day uh, figures went up by was it 23 percent when they said they weren't going to have any pundits. But um, I mean, someone was suggesting well, they might just get rid of the football as well. <laughs> then it would be a much watched TV show um, because people were just tuning in to see what was going yeah. on. Um, but but that shows you know, there are people available to watch who are choosing not to. Bit of a giveaway there. Um, but but um, the key the key thing for me is you see it is exactly it. It it it's it doesn't really matter at this point like what Gary Lineker tweeted in the sense that you know 
there is a there is a social media impartiality rule. Mm. Question is who it applies to, how strictly it applies, and is, did Gary Lineker break it? And and it does appear that he did. And lots of people are on social media for the last six days <laughs> quoting some you know a few years old social media guidance about who it applies to. And yes, look, you know, if you're Laura Kunzberg then absolutely it applies to you 100%. Um, I'm always fascinated by the number of people who think they know how Laura Kunzberg votes. Genuinely, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've loads of women relatively well having been in the lobby with him. I have no idea, quite genuinely, what her political allegiances would be. Um, and, um, and, and then you've got the, uh, you know, the people who are, <clears throat> are working in other fields. And you think, well, of course, it doesn't apply to them as much. Of course, it's not as important you know, if you're presenting a nature programme or a pop programme or a sports programme. But if you are high profile, then it does affect you more because you're seen more as a voice of the BBC. Um, and there's no doubt at all. I mean, people my age, I remember watching Gary Lineker play. But, you know, if you're a 20 or 30 year old, and you, you, you know, he's the man who advertises Walker's Crisps and he's on the telly. Yeah. And, and that's how he's known. And, and the fact that he's on the BBC is why he's relevant. It's why he's able to get that, that multi-million pound deal with Walker's Crisps. It's why he's able to, to, to do a lot of the other work he does. And he's a you know, national treasure for some people because he's on the BBC. And, and, and with that, that's part of the deal is you have to keep strong. What about the issues with people like, say, Lord, um, uh, Lord Sugar and comments that he's made? Well, I think this is the problem. There are lots of different people you could look at who are associated with the BBC, who work for the BBC in lots of different ways. And I think one of the issues with the Gary Lineker situation, I believe, is that he's a freelancer. He's not a BBC employee. HMRC aren't entirely convinced by that at the moment. There's an ongoing debate. But... So it's it's hard to work out. I think the guidelines aren't clear. But there are lots of other figures, as you say, who are associated with the BBC, like Lord Sugar, like Karen Brady, for example, who do make political statements mm. and do comment on political affairs and the rules aren't necessarily all applied in the same way yeah. so you know I, I think Gary Lineker has broken the rules but I think he's also a little bit entitled to be aggrieved that if he's allowed to break the rules why am I not yeah. but I mean again the, the key thing here is you know like Alan Sugar is he was a Labour peer and the big issue originally was Tories were complaining about him being a Labour peer on the show um, but he wasn't on because he was a Labour peer he was on because he's because he's a you know multimillionaire businessman, and that's the that's the shtick. Um, as opposed to, has, but then then Gary Lineker was you know England captain. Yeah. <laughs> so you you know you can make this arguments, and that's the key thing here. Is like, what are the rules? And if people don't know what the rules are, then they're not proper rules because yeah. it's not fair. And the rules have to apply to everybody. It needs to be clear. You know, over, over, you know, over a certain level of prominence. And when you get appointed to a new job, we agree whether you are or you are not within yeah. these new rules, which say you can't tweet about this or that. Um, my main issue is also is that people say, well, everyone should be allowed to say what they want, if they're, certainly if they're not political journalist um, or a news journalist at the BBC. The trouble is there isn't freedom of speech at the BBC. Um, everybody knows that the, inside the BBC there is, a, you know, there's a Guardian Easter culture. Um, I've spent a lot of time at the BBC. It's, it's Remain, it's Labour Lib Dem, Guardian Reading, you know, tofu munching. It is. I mean, that, it, that is the identity. I have had two cameramen uh, uh, since Brexit come up to me working on political programming saying, oh, I agree with everything you say, completely with you on Brexit, or uh, for God's sake, don't let anyone else hear no. And that is, you know, that, and, and I know other people that's happened to as well, that it's actually not um, career-wise a sensible move at the BBC to say, whatever, you know, oh, I'm pro-Brexit or I'm Tory or, yeah, I think we need to have limits on immigration. You will be, you will be finding your career being very quickly stifled. And that's reality. They don't, they don't exercise the same rules that they expect to have exercised on them.
Uh, it, it, it's just an incredibly difficult situation because there are so many different layers within the BBC yeah. and impartiality is of critical importance yeah. to the news team and I think by and large they do it incredibly well the vast Absolutely. majority of the time. Do you know what Chris Mason thinks about anything? Almost I no idea uh, and that's how it should be and it just becomes more and more tricky when you look at the other facets of the BBC uh, about where impartiality applies yeah. there and as you say I think the problem is the guidelines are not very clear or they're not applied consistently yeah. and that's what throws up problems. I mean, what about Richard Sharp? I mean, the chairman of the BBC. I, I was amazed. And other people said to me over the weekend, "Oh well, you know, you, you, you're, you're angry at Gary Lineker. What about Tim, what, Richard Sharp?" I've said, I've said on air very, but I think Richard Sharp should should resign. I think it's absolutely outrageous that he remains in his job. A Tory appointee he used to be you know, Rishi Sunak's boss, and he was an advisor. And then and then he helped to um, uh, organise an eight hundred thousand pound guarantee for a loan um, for Boris Johnson in the middle of the process for being appointed and didn't declare it. It's untenable that he remains. I mean, I mean I'm not party political about this. I just want some vague, just vague recognition of, of appropriate behaviour um, in our public institutions. I think that's why this story has rumbled on a week. You know, yeah. we both said it's ridiculous that this is still going on. But actually, there are so many different facets to it, yeah. um, whether it's about the way the BBC is run or the way Gary Lineker behaves or the government's actual immigration policy in and of itself, yeah. which is where this all started, but is absolutely not what the conversation's about I th- anymore. I think what we need to do is go back to 1930s Germany. Apparently, that's what we do now anyway. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. 